the Independence Exeter City podcast. This is Grecian Talk with Ollie Heptinstall, Paul Martin, and Paul Sussex. Hello and welcome to this week's Grecian Talk. Uh, on this week's show, we'll have a quick look back at uh, Exeter's previous game at uh, home to Rotherham. Um, we will also discuss the ticket update with the Devon Derbies, uh, youngsters Elliot Frew and Tom Nichols, Toby Doherty. And we'll also look back at today's FA Cup and League 2 action. And of course, look ahead to uh, Saturday's game at Spotland as well. So all that coming up on this week's Grecian Talk. Right then, hello, welcome to the show. Ollie Hepton's still here. Uh, with me this week, I'm delighted to say, returning to the Grecian Talk lineup, it's uh, Paul Sussex. Hello to you, Paul. Hi, Ollie. Uh, I'm pretty sure you enjoyed your uh, travels at uh, Valley Parade. Yep, Valley Parade was excellent. One of the um, probably top ten days out, I think. Well, that's fantastic. And also here with me this week, it's Paul Martin. Hello, Paul. Evening, Ollie. And I think you made your your senior football debut today, Paul. How did it go? Uh, I did, yeah. I played for the Cliffs Valley men's third team and we're at Countless Way and we got thumped 6 or 7-2, I think. So it di- the result didn't perhaps go as I would have liked, but it was good to get a game in, got the full 90 minutes in at left back, so no, it was uh, good fun. Oh, very good. Was it a Craig Woodman-like performance? Uh, I hope not, but <laughs> you'd have to ask <laughs> the uh, manager, I think. <laughs> oh, very good. OK, right, we'll talk about the Rotherham game uh, first, if we may, last week. Uh, Hans, disappointing that City's good run came to an end. But the conditions probably suited uh, Steve Evans' Rotherham. It was very disappointing to come to an end. We um, still seem to have this big problem of winning at home. I think it's three home wins to our six away wins. I think there was a lot of confidence having won away at Bradford City and then an amazing win at Gillingham in midweek um, to then have Rotherham come to us and uh, steal all three points with a, a workmanlike performance. It does seem to be an issue playing against teams that are physical, that harry us, that causes problems. And Steve Evans, I understand, pulled every trick out of the book to um, delay time to uh, disrupt the game once they went into the lead. Well, he did, and it was a bit infuriating, wasn't it, Paul? Um, What did you make of Steve Evans' bullish and animated nature on the touchline? Well, in a way, it was quite funny, really, to see him getting more and more wound up with every decision that was going against them. And I don't think they really had too much to complain about. The red card was a reckless challenge from their midfielder who'd just come on. And I think the referee got most things right, to be honest. I don't think he had that much to moan about. And um, I think the difference in class between the two managers was pronounced on the touchline. I mean, there was Tisdale there just encouraging his team, really, as he usually does, not getting angry at the officials. And Steve Evans was just a bit of the pantomime villain sort of figure to be honest and you can see why people don't like him to be honest and it was a shame that uh, his side got the three points yeah as Paul Tizzo it's almost like this he's on a he's on the train and some some big bloke smelling of drink comes up to him and starts talking to him and Paul Tisdale politely almost declines to speak to him down there on the touchline it was a bit like that wasn't it yeah and um yeah they, they probably deserve to win though um would you agree Paul yeah, I think they did just enough. I mean, they were a, they were a decent side actually. I thought I couldn't made me very surprised that they'd been thumped five 0 at Dagenham and six two at Port Vale because I thought they were relatively solid at the back. They had a threat going forward as well. 
Uh, Nardiello, who I think we're going to talk about in a minute, had a decent game. And um, the goal was very disappointing that Exeter conceded. We thought they'd kind of got over their set-piece woes, but it was a free header from the big centre-half. And right before that, from the corner before that, they'd left the other centre-half unmarked and Kryzak made a good save. So they didn't learn their lesson, which was very disappointing. And uh, ultimately, yeah, that was what separated the teams. I mean, there wasn't a lot in it, I don't think, but Rotherham did just enough. To be fair, though, it wasn't... um one of City's normal um, lapses in defence with the corner when they lose someone completely free. It was a good run made by Sharps, wasn't it? And the, the header was good. Um, as for Nardiello's return to the park, it surprised me to see him playing on the left-hand side of midfield, Paul. Yeah, I mean, he did the sort of... He played on the left a couple of times, I think, for us last season, but more in a sort of left-wing role as part of a three-up-top sometimes. And so, yeah, I mean, he did a, did a job for the team. They packed the midfield and he was getting up and down the left-hand side. Um, I mean, he was a threat when he had the ball, but I think we expected that. He didn't do anything particularly extraordinary, I don't think. Um, and he was just kind of the player that we remember, really flashes of something good and then a bit anonymous for the rest of the game. So, And we did predict before the game that he'd either score or get a yellow card. Unfortunately, he got neither, but um, so that was a bit disappointing. But uh, yeah, I, th- I thought he did okay, but nothing really to suggest that we should have kept him on, I don't think. No, it was surprising not to see him get a yellow card. I was a bit disappointed when he when he was substituting, and there was no yellow card attached to his name. So um, there we go. Uh, Hans, anything else to add? Um, it was a very impressive uh, Rotherham following, wasn't it? Despite all those uh, train uh, problems, with about I think t- around two hundred fans coming down from Yorkshire. Yeah, it was around about two hundred. It was not a nice day last Saturday, was it? With wind and rain. I can't think it could have been much fun standing out on the terraces at St James's Park. I think where do we go from here for home games? We've got Oxford coming up on uh, Boxing Day and of course we've got the uh, Devon Derby uh, against Plymouth which we absolutely mustn't lose but there does seem to be an issue about the style of play that we adopt at home where I think away we can sit back and uh, watch the home team play and counter-attack at home. We don't seem to have an effective way of controlling the game. Um, and dominating the game and putting games to bed. I think there should have been enough chances last Saturday for us to have got at least one point, if not all three. Um, But we just didn't seem to be able to uh, um, make the game our own. No. And um, Paul, uh, do you think Tiz, you make any big changes for the Rochdale game next Saturday? Or do you think the Rotherham game is a bit of a, a blip? Yeah, I think it was just a bit of a blip, to be honest. I, I mean, I don't actually think they played that badly last week. I mean, I was looking through the X-Web threads post-match Saturday evening, and they were coming in for some heavy criticism, which I thought was quite unfair, to be honest. I, it, they weren't nearly as bad as uh, the home games against Chesterfield and Port Vale and Bristol Rovers earlier on during that terrible run. I mean, they still created chances. The goalkeeper had to make some good saves. And, um, yeah, they could easily have got a point out of it. So um, I think it was just a blip, really, and I think he should keep the team the same because that was the team that got the fantastic away results the week before. So no real need to make big changes, I don't think, at the moment. Yeah, OK. Um, right, well, we're going to move on now. We'll discuss uh, more City stuff later on. But first, uh, a bit of a ticket update with regard to the uh, Devon Derby games, which are coming up against Torquay and Plymouth. Hans, have you got any ideas on the, the amount of tickets sold for these games? I think for the Plymouth home game, um, there are still plenty of tickets. So if you're on the system and want to go to the game, turn up at reception with some sort of form of ID to prove who you are. They can find you on the database and you'll be able to walk away with a ticket. Um, That's mainly for the big bank. I think the seated areas are running out of seats. 
As for Talkie United away, I've got my ticket for that one as well. Um, that is nearly gone. Um, again, pop into a reception if you want a ticket, but there aren't that many from the 1400 um, that are given to us to sell uh, available. Yeah, I've got my Talkie ticket uh, as well. I'm very much looking forward to that one. And next week on next week's show, uh, of course, we'll do a big preview to the uh, Plymouth Argyle game. Uh, of course, right. City youngsters Elliot Freer and Tom Nichols are currently on loan at Blue Square Southside's uh, Salisbury and Bath. Um, Paul, it's, it's good that they're getting first team experience, isn't it? But shouldn't they be getting it at a higher level? Uh, I think ideally, yeah, they would be getting it in the Blue Square Premier rather than the Blue Square South. Particularly, well, actually both of them, to be honest, because they have shown promise in their sporadic appearances in the first team. And I think... Uh, yeah, they should be testing themselves at a higher level, but if that's the only sides that want to take them on loan, Salisbury and Bath, then I think Exeter have got to send them there just to get them that first-team experience. It's a bit of a catch-22, really. You want them getting the first-team experience, but you can't have everything, so sometimes you've got to compromise and perhaps send them down a level below where they should be. So uh, as long as they're performing well at that level, I mean, if they're having disappointing games at, in Blue Square South level, then it doesn't offer much hope for how they're going to get on in League 2. So hopefully they can excel there. And the fact that Freer's had his loan extended is a positive sign because it shows that he's made a big impact on their team. And, uh, yeah, hopefully they can come back refreshed and ready to push for the first team at Exeter. Yeah, what do you say about that, Hans? Uh, Freer seems to be enjoying himself at Salisbury. They won again today and Freer is uh, absolutely delighted with that. It's difficult to know from what I've seen um, on YouTube and on comments as to how well he is doing. Um, I think it's always difficult for a winger perhaps to um, to be fully involved in a game and I think he is being used as a, a winger by Salisbury. It's a good experience, there's nothing wrong with the Blue Square South, it's um, probably a lot more physical than he'll encounter in League 2 but if he does well he, um, he'll do a lot for his confidence. Um, Tom Nichols, um, at the Bath team to be struggling again this season, um, they lost this afternoon no, sorry, they drew 2-2 with a very late um, equaliser. Tom wasn't on the uh, score sheet. I'm not quite sure how that is going. I've not had any feedback from Bath. But again, I think it should help him having first-team experience competitive games. But I think for Tom particularly, um, he needs to score goals. Um, he did that quite well at Dorchester last season. He only had the one at um, Hereford at the beginning of the season. He hasn't yet scored for Bath. And that would be the key thing for Tom to get on the scoring sheet and to score regularly for them. Yeah, and uh, also Jake Gosling is still at Dorchester, I believe, who were knocked out of the FA Cup, unfortunately, today, which we'll talk about uh, later on. Hans, would you like to see him being given a go in the first team when he returns, or is it perhaps too early for him? I, th- I would expect Gosling to, when he returns, to be on the bench. I think he was always one of the players that I expected to break through this season. Um, I think my surprise was Jordan Mauler-Taylor being the one that came up from the youth team last season. Jake, I think this kind of experience you saw in the Plymouth Argyle game, he was quite influential in the middle of the park and, of course, scored that goal, which would do wonders for his confidence. I think... Um, you know, in a few more months at Dorchester, he'll come in. I think the problem, Tom's got the problem that, um, you know, how is he going to replace Jamie Curriton up front? Um, that's going to be a hard act for Tom to follow. And I think Jake Gosling, I think uh, replacing perhaps somebody like Liam Serkham, um, probably got more of a chance to get into the uh, first team than perhaps some of the other ones. Yeah, it's looking uh, a bit tricky for Tom Nichols because he's got, um, well, Jamie Reed and uh, Elliot Chamberlain, of course, 
struggling to get into the side at the moment as well. Okay, um, Paul, have you got anything to add that before we move on? Uh, well, yeah, I'd like to see Gosling in and around the squad when he comes back, and I think he will be because we need some wide players. Uh, at the moment, we're playing with quite a narrow midfield with four centre midfielders in there. And uh, so, yeah, I'd like to see him in and around the squad to freshen it up a bit and perhaps give some natural width. But um, for the moment, uh, let's hope he's enjoying his football at Dorchester, getting some valuable experience, and uh, hopefully he comes back an improved player. OK, right. Um, move on now. Uh, we will. And um, we're going to uh, discuss about the Friday Night Football, which is going to take place at the park. Um, I'm not actually sure. When, when's, it, when's this game against Accrington taking place, uh, Hans? It's um, just before half term in February, so it'll be wet, cold February 9th rather than a wet, cold Saturday afternoon, I suppose. You did a piece for us um, in the week explaining all about it. I don't know if you want to have a quick uh, discussion about it. I I think the problem for many people will be is how do you get home after the game? Um, I think most people who rely on public transport and live outside of Exeter will struggle uh, significantly um, to get home. And I think for me, I'd have to leave at half time to catch a train to come home. So that would be pointless for me to come. And then staying overnight just be, it just makes it, the whole thing so expensive. But even within Devon, um, if you don't have access to a car, how do you get home, you know, unless you can organise a lift? Um, but if you rely on public transport, it's not going to work. The the other side of it is just people who play football on Saturday afternoon or have other commitments on a Saturday afternoon uh, might be able to come to the park, but um, those people are probably not regular visitors. If you look at attendances, the difference between Saturday and Tuesday, there is a, a marked drop on Tuesday nights, and you know that as a lot of youngsters don't go on Tuesday night because it's a school night. Um, problems getting home and uh, lateness and being able to be out that late with the school following day. So, I, you know, if it is an experiment, um, I should imagine most of us want it to not succeed. And, you know, we have Saturday 3pm as our normal kickoff as football should be. Yeah, although I suppose you know, games against Accrington are hardly going to flock to them. So... If you're going to have an experiment, it's probably best to do it against Accrington. Uh, Paul, what do you say about it? Um, I don't expect you're too disappointed, given your uh, newfound Saturday afternoon fame. <laughs> well, I, I don't know, to be honest. I think I'd still rather go and watch Exeter at 3 o'clock on a Saturday, because, as Hans was saying, that's when lower league football should take place. Well, all football should take place. But obviously in the Premier League these days, it doesn't tend to happen then, because of all the TV and everything. But I think as an experiment, it's fine to do it once but I wouldn't like to see it become a regular thing and I'm fortunate I live very close to the ground so I'll be able to get back afterwards and everything but I do feel for those people who live a bit further out and won't be able to make it in because you don't want to see those fans sort of having to pay the prices for living a bit far away and um, so yeah I think as a one-off fair enough but hopefully it won't become a regular thing. No okay and oh we haven't talked about Tommy Doherty have we? No I don't think we have we've, we've skipped that bit so we'll, we'll do that now um, Hans, Tommy Doherty's extended his City deal until the end of the season uh, this week. For me, he's done a surprisingly good job uh, for City so far this season, given he was uh, languishing around the uh, conference last season. Uh, would you agree? Yep, absolutely delighted that he's here until the end of the season. Uh, season pro. Um, for me, uh, my delight from Tommy Dock was the cross at Barnet that um, Jamie Curriton was able to get the on the end of to, to head home to make it 2-1. Absolutely superb bit of running and uh, an excellent cross as well. So um, the man has got some talent. 
Yeah, I, I'm very pleased to see him extend his deal, Paul. Um, but he, I think he has picked up an injury uh, against uh, Rotherham. Do you know how bad that's likely to be? Uh, I haven't actually seen, to be honest, how long he'll be out for, but it will be a blow if he is, because he has done well, like you say. Um, I think he's impressed me more than Oakley in the midfield this season. Uh, he's always always gives it, it was always a tigerish sort of midfielder, never gives the uh, opposition any time or space on the ball, and uh, he uses the ball well as well when he gets it. He's a good passer of the ball. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's uh, good to see him extend his deal to the end of the season. Yeah, let's hope he uh, does well in the uh, latter half of the season. OK, we're going to move on now and discuss FA Cup and uh, League Two action. But before that, um, very sad news uh, came to us uh, this morning, which was that Mitchell Cole, the former South End Stevenage and Oxford player who uh, retired last season due to a heart condition, has sadly passed away at the age of 27. And hence, it's very sad news. It is indeed. He was um, supposed to have um, retired from Oxford, but he managed to play for Stockford and Darnsley amongst um, the teams. I should imagine it's very difficult for a professional to just walk away from the game completely. Um, he has been acting as a player agent um, for some time. Yep, very sad. Only 27. Yeah, very sad news and uh, thoughts with his family and friends at this time. Okay, we're going to discuss FA Cup and League Two now, and uh, there were three um, League Two games take pl- uh, that took place. I beg your pardon this afternoon uh, at uh, Spotland, where City go next week. Uh, Rochdale slumped to a three-two defeat at home to York. Uh, the Minster Men's flying start. Uh, all three goals coming in the first thirty-five minutes saw them take all three points, despite a late fight back by Dale. And uh, Paul, that's a good win uh, for York. Yeah, they've done okay since uh, their promotion to the Football League. They've settled in nicely into League 2. Just having a look at the table now, they're 14th, so solid mid-table. I thought they were quite good when they uh, came to St James Park earlier on in the season, got a one-all draw. And uh, yeah, they've been a bit inconsistent, I think. Uh, They've had some poor results and some decent results, but I think that will be enough to keep them in that comfortable mid-table slot, which is probably what they were expecting and hoping for from this year. Yeah, 14th with 27 points from 20 matches, so... That's not a bad start, is it? Um, promoted from uh, the conference. And uh, we'll talk about Rochdale later, so we'll, we'll leave them out for a minute. Uh, at Plainmore, Torquay 2, Dagenham 1. That's a good result for Torquay, but pretty expecting of them, uh, Hans. Yep, I see that Ogogo scored an own goal yet again um, to help Torquay. They've gone ahead of us. means that uh, <laughs> they're currently in the table, the top team in Devon. We've got uh, a few weeks to sort that one out. Um, Dagenham and Redbridge been putting a bit of form together recently, but um, back to losing today. Um, good win for uh, Torquay. Yeah, good win for Torquay. Their second win on the trot. They're now eighth with 31 points. Uh, one point ahead of the Grecians with a four-goal better goal difference. As for Dagenham and Redbridge, they're now 16th. So they've they've climbed the table in recent weeks with uh, a decent run last month, but they've now... Yeah, disappointing defeat there for them at Torquay. As for Wickham, Wickham, they're doing a bit better now, aren't they? They beat Bristol Rovers 2-0 today at Adams Park. And uh, Paul, that's a good win for Wickham. Yeah, that was a bit of an early six-pointer at the bottom of the League 2 table there. And uh, yeah, Wickham coming out on top, they'd have expected to, I think, as the home side. But uh, Gareth Ainsworth, I saw, scored in the second half in that one. as continuing his role. He's inspiring them on the pitch as well as off it, it seems, at the moment. And uh, but desperately disappointing for Bristol Rovers. I mean, they we've talked about them pretty much every week how dire they've been, and we've expected them to turn it around. But 
It doesn't look at the moment as if they're going to do that. They're one point above the drop zone, 18 points in 20 games, and uh, yeah, I just don't really understand. I mean, they were quite good as well when they came and beat us at St. James Park, but they just don't seem to perform any other week, and they'll be desperately disappointed with that defeat today. Yeah, and um, what's the update with um, Mark McGee's sack watch, which we seem to air every week on the show? Um, he's 20 games into the season now, 18 points. They're one point above the relegation zone. Uh, Paul, how is he still there? Um, well, I don't know, to be honest. He must be hanging on by his fingernails, I think, because it can't be long, surely, now before he's uh, given the boot. I mean, as we've seen in the past few weeks at higher level clubs, managers can be sacked for a lot less. So I'm very surprised he's still in his job. Um, and I, I mean, you don't like to see managers get sacked, but there's got to be a time, surely, when a run of form becomes so bad, it becomes worrying for a team like Bristol Rovers that they're seriously in a relegation fight at the bottom of League Two. So uh, you'd think they'd make a change sooner rather than later. Yeah, they've now got four points, Bristol Rovers, from, uh, out of a possible 24. So that's one win and one draw and six defeats in their last eight games, which is pretty bad going, isn't it? Um, as for uh, Dorchester, that was disappointing, wasn't it? Dorchester's gutsy FA Cup run came to an end today at uh, Luton. Yeah, disappointing end to Dorchester's FA Cup run hands. It was indeed. Um, I did wonder for a while um, if um, a replay might have been on the cards. We put, I pulled it back to 2 1. You see, I almost said we. I was so supporting them this afternoon. And one of the Exeter City coaches scored for them, bringing it back to 2 1. You had Gosling playing, um, he was on loan. You had an ex Exeter City goalkeeper in goal. You had um, Ben Watson uh, playing up front. Um, no Richard Logan because he was cup tied disappointingly so um, yeah it was a natural um, team for us to support today so disappointed that effectively Exeter A team or B team are out of the FA Cup but well done Luton Grecian talk okay uh, what next on this week's show we're going to look ahead to the uh, Rochdale game next Saturday at Spotland and uh, Paul we'll start with you your thoughts ahead of the game Uh, well it's a meeting between Two fairly similar clubs, I think. Both came down from League One last year. Both, well, right next to each other in the table. Rochdale in ninth, Exeter in tenth, with the same amount of points. Um, so you'd think it would be a, a even game, really, an even matchup. Uh, Exeter, I think, perhaps will be hoping they're trying. Well, of course, looking to gain three points, but with realistic ambitions of doing so because of their away form so far this season, which will give them great confidence. I mean, the two wins at Bradford and Gillingham were absolutely excellent. So if they can carry that away form on, they seem to play with less pressure, I think, away from home as well. So if they can continue that run of form, then I think they can go there with serious hopes of getting three points. Yeah, let's hope so. Your thoughts ahead of the match, Hans? I think we need revenge for last season. Um, That was uh, the game that effectively relegated us. At 79 minutes, we were... 2-0 2-0 up, um, all looking very good. Rochdale were um, at that point relegated if the result had stayed the same. Um, then something happened. I don't think it was um, the, the Fulham Loney, Laurie Deval or whatever his name was coming on. But um, on 79th minute, Nicky Adams scored. Um, it was terrible listening on Radio Devon. Then Joe Thompson on the 81st minute. And then horror of horrors, Jason Kennedy scored on 88. And we eventually lost 3-2. And that really put us um, in the relegation mess with just a couple of games left. So I think we need to go with um, the thoughts of revenge for that. I think some players owe us uh, a performance um, from that because uh, many of the team are still there. And hopefully that will be fresh in their minds at uh, 
what they did wrong but for, I think for anyone going or anyone listening if we go 2-0 up I think it's going to be a nervous last 10 minutes for uh, for everyone so yeah I, I think we can win at there um, I think uh, a 2-1 win would be um, my prediction yeah um, that was depressing wasn't it last season that was really depressing that 2-0 up and oh dear um, the head to head between these two sides Rochdale this is at Spotland, by the way. Rochdale have won 14 of the 29 matches. City with only six wins and uh, nine draws have been between the two sides. So a City not with a brilliant record at Spotland with only a 20% uh, uh, win percentage there. Um, we've got uh, Paul's prediction. What about you? No, we haven't. We've got Hans' prediction. What about you, Paul? Um, I'm going to be optimistic as well. I think I'm going to go for a 2-0 away win. Uh, Curitan... And O'Flynn, I think, both strikers scoring. I'm very optimistic. And I, I noticed, <laughs> I, I apologise, boy, I copied both of your predictions last week. Really? So I do apologise for that. That was that was naughty of me. So It didn't turn out to be much week, good, I don't think. So. <laughs> well, no, no, not brilliant, no. <laughs> I'm going to say a 1-0 win to City uh, with, um, who scored? Jamie Curitan, of course. Who else scored <laughs> the goal there for City? They're at Spotland. That'll be a good game. We'll uh, look forward to that. That's uh, next Saturday. And we'll have full reaction on uh, next week's show. Right, I think that's it for uh, this week's Creation Talk. So cue the music. Okay, uh, thank you very much to Paul Sussex and uh, Paul Martin for their company. Oh, by the way, we're on iTunes. So don't forget to subscribe to us there. Where you can also review the show, uh, which would be nice. And if you review the show, we might be bumped up the listing slightly. So... Uh, if you could do that that'd be great and don't forget we're also on Mixcloud uh, and don't forget to visit our website for our post throughout the week uh, www.grishantalk.co.uk um, we're also on Facebook where uh, Hans is you, you started you started this advent calendar thingy haven't you Hans? Yep 25 key points in our history um, hopefully it'll be uh, interesting I wonder what I'll do for Christmas day Oh, we'll have to wait and see as a teaser teaser by Hans so don't, don't go on to uh, Facebook for that uh, facebook.com slash Grecian Talk and we're also on Twitter as well so do follow us there right thank you very much to the two Pauls for their company this week thanks also to Kevin McLeod for the use of his music his website is uh, incompetech.com thank you very much for listening and uh, join us soon for more Grecian Talk <laughs> <laughs>